0: We could survive that! We could survive that! We could survive- it, could survive it. Could survive- Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack, and today, you are the sunshine of my life. That's why I'll always be around. You are the apple of my eye. Forever you'll stay in my heart.
1: You couldn't even memorise it, could you? You had to keep <laughs> glancing back at the computer screen to remember that.
0: Yeah, it's not Stevie Wonder though, it's, it's Chris. Hello.
1: You right? Yeah, I'm good. Did you like the Was that song? from Stevie Wonder? Yeah. What is he? A singer. <laughs> ah, I don't know who's a singer or <laughs> poet. I've heard his name, but I've never, never known anything about his work.
0: Oh, you've not lived, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Chris, shall we talk about a film?
1: Is it a film that involves the works of Cillian Murphy and Chris Evans?
0: Yes, and Danny Boyle. It's his 2007 sci-fi adventure, Sunshine. Uh, starring, as you said, Cillian Murphy, Chris Evans, Michelle Yeoh, Rose Byrne, uh, Benedict Wong. We all love him. Oh, Mr. Wong. Yeah, he's yes, great. I do like Benedict. And a whole bunch of other people. Yes, this is Danny Ball's one and only uh, to-date venture into sci-fi. You've not seen uh, it all the way through. Not in a while, way through. but I've only
1: seen bits. I've seen like 75% of the film what, from a YouTube t- a clips? A long time ago. No, I came down, somebody else was watching it once in my lounge, and I caught... A burglar? A burglar, uh, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I caught the last bit of it. Did you catch the burglar? I, I did not. I let him go afterwards after a glass of milk okay. and a hearty cookie.
0: This was a good film. If it had been a bad film, I would have taken you down, burglar.
1: Oh, right, oh. So oh, oh I'm rolling with it, Chris. I'm going with it, okay, <laughs> right. I didn't know whether he's actually talking about the no. film. <laughs> I'm okay. with that. Okay.
0: Okay, right, Chris, let's get the premise of sunshine out of the way. It's 50 years into the future. The sun is dying. From now? For, yes. Or from 2007?
1: 2007. From 2007. So the year's 2057? Yes. Gotcha.
0: Okay. It's good math. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is dying. This is a bad thing because we need the sun for light and warmth and all sorts of good stuff. Um, NASA and a whole bunch of other clever space agencies come up with a plan to send a space station to the sun with a giant bomb the size of Manhattan, they say. So that's a pretty big bomb. And the plan is to shoot the bomb into the sun, therefore reigniting it and hopefully sustaining the sun and meaning that Earth won't freeze to death in a new ice age. Uh, Unfortunately, though, the first satellite that they sent up called Icarus 1 lost contact somewhere around mercury which is where they expected to lose communications it's a dark zone for radio signals for some reason maybe it's just too far away maybe it's the magnetic or the uh the gravitational pull of the sun or something like that that stops the radio waves getting back to earth but for whatever reason the sun hasn't become bright all of a sudden and icarus one has just completely dropped off the radar nobody's sure what happened to it so seven years later. Icarus two is launched into space, uh, with our group of astronauts, our protagonist, Cillian Murphy, and all the other crew that I'll I'll introduce in a bit. But yeah, it's their mission to go to the sun and reignite it. That's that's the one goal. It's the big goal, Chris. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it's very
1: important. But I bet <laughs> They find a distress signal from Icarus one Now, like, oh my god, the ship's still out right here, because I think I sort of remember that. And don't they plot like a course change to intercept Icarus 1 on the way to the sun or something?
0: Yes, as they venture closer to Mercury. The, it's explained that the iron in Mercury's core makes it so that they can get the signal from Icarus 1, which is on, the, I think it's just a drift of Mercury. So they can slingshot around Mercury and intercept Icarus 1 and if they want they can investigate what happened there they can pick up any of the crew if they've managed to survive the seven years that they've been drifting out in space but it is it's a complicated thing to do because this satellite is huge it's like a mile or so long it's got a giant uh sun shield on it which acts as the ship's power source so it's a giant it's just a giant disc uh on the front facing side is a load of um solar panels so that it charges the batteries and stuff so they've got unlimited energy and it protects the ship from burning up immediately as it gets closer to the sun. So that's very important, Chris. Gotcha. It's a risk that the crew are thinking about taking. Now, there's a discussion amongst the crew. Um, Let me introduce them so you know who's coming from where. So Cillian Murphy, he's the physicist of the group. He knows uh, how to work the bomb, essentially. Now, the thing is, with a bomb size of manhattan you can't really test fire it it would be it would be very bad wouldn't it there's nowhere on earth that you'd want to test it is
1: there well i'm sure you could find somewhere you just take it to the desert don't you
0: i don't think there's a desert as big as manhattan
1: Ah, of course there is <laughs> sahara desert there you go
0: i still i still wouldn't want this fired anywhere near earth so the bomb is theoretical and he's He's the key. He's the only one that really understands it. Michelle Yeoh's character, um, Corazon, is the... What's her name? Corazon.
1: Cor- All right, I we said Corazon. <laughs> no,
0: not Star Wars. She is the botanist on the ship. She maintains the garden, which provides oxygen and stuff. She's got a fairly important role as well. Um, Harvey, he's the first officer and the communications specialist. Cassie is the pilot of the ship. Kaneda is the captain and the leader of the group. Trey is the navigator. He's Benedict Wong. Uh, Mace, Chris Evans' character, he's a he's a military guy. He's a military engineer, so he keeps everything on the ship, top-notch and in working order. So he's the medical officer and the counsellor on board the ship. However, when we are introduced to him, he's gone slightly crazy. Just a tiny bit. Just a fraction crazy. He's become slightly obsessed with the sun, and um, he, he likes to look at it the viewing window but on the borderlines of what is safe uh that he can view the sun so the ai on the ship says you can only view the sun at i think 3.1 percent of its actual brightness because if it's turned up any more than that you're
1: blind yourself
0: you're, yeah you're blind you'll get radiation poisoning or it'll just cook you or something like that he's, i remember that yeah, yeah
1: he's gone sl- slightly
0: off a bit i mean they've been in space for 16 months or something like
1: that well that's not long though is it it's only 16 months
0: it's long enough isn't it because just think about it you can't go outside you're stuck in this one space it's a long time to be isolated but
1: don't they have like that therapy room thing that you can stand in and like projects like holograms of i don't know trees and stuff all around you and the sounds
0: yeah they call it the earth room that that does help chris evans who uh, has a uncharacteristic uh tussle with um kappa when they're sending or recording messages to send back to Earth. Kappa overruns because he's not sure what to say. And that interferes with Mace's time. So Mace can't send a message back home. So he's pretty pissed about that. But he he sort of calms down and refocuses himself after some time in the, uh, the Earth room. In the holodeck, if you want. Okay. Yeah. That's the crew, Chris. Now... When they pick up the distress signal from the Icarus 1, they all gather around and they have an in-depth conversation as to what to do. There's the moral implications. Do you leave your fellow astronauts out there to die? Are they alive? How old is this distress signal? Would it put their current mission in danger? So let's throw you into this conversation, Chris.
1: I already know what I'm going to
0: do. <laughs> put hindsight aside. I think your answer is still going to be the same because you're cold.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, what we'll, we'll... We're ignoring it. We're going to the sun. Yeah. Maybe once we've got the bomb to the sun and we've reignited it and it's successful, we can investigate on our way back when it's less urgent things. But at yeah. the moment, I don't know how many crew will be on the Chris 1. Same amount as this one, I assume.
0: Yeah, eight, I think.
1: Possibly alive, possibly dead, possibly crazy.
0: Possibly eaten by aliens Poss- or exactly any, any other situation in a, a, a sci-fi film.
1: Any of this or the entire Earth. I think one is more important than the other. But yeah, once I'd reignited the sun successfully, I would then... Um, I'm the captain, I assume. <laughs> and I'd be like... "Why right, promote yourself. Right, crew? And now we're going to investigate Chris. 1. Mr. Chris Evans, you're a military dude. Pull out your secret stash of guns I know you've brought with you. But he's not. Oh, he did. I told him to. <laughs> oh, you're a terrible captain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we invigorate... Uh, invigorate... Investigate Icarus 1. (laughs) That's the code name for the mission, Invigorate. Invigorate. We do not go forward, because I've seen enough sci-fi disaster movies to know that when you find a ship with a stress signal, and you've got a mission that you're on your way to, you always go to and investigate that, and always cocks up the mission, a load of you will die, and then normally one or two of you will survive. And I like my odds, but this way I feel more secure.
0: That is a fair point. The mission is very important. And, you know, you can stop by Icarus 1 on the way back once the danger is... Lessen somewhat, yeah. But there are a few more compelling arguments. So the counsellor says, we could go to the Icarus one to look for the other people. However, there is a more tempting reason to go... Is it for the other bomb? D- yeah, to the Icarus. It is for the other bomb. Um, he explains that the workings of this current bomb it's only theoretical. And if that doesn't work, that's their one chance gone. But if they have two bombs, the odds are better, basically. It's the same bomb, though, isn't it? Yeah, but if you've got two of them, that's double the firepower. I think the reason the sun is dying is that there's, I think, some kind of meteor or foreign substance got into the sun and is corrupt in its usual working. So the idea is blow up whatever is inside it. I think I've read that on IMDb. I'm not sure if it's said in the film. But the captain, he doesn't like democracy. They're scientists, Chris. So you put okay. the, So you put the person with the most information on on the subject you give him the decision to hopefully make the most informed and correct decision so he gives it to kappa who has been very quiet during the discussions and he's just been loitering in the background and when the captain goes it's your decision kappa goes oh
1: shit is that murphy
0: <laughs> yeah he's not happy with the choice that is on him and he he sees the reasoning and goes, okay, we'll go for the bomb. And if the other guys are alive, then we can rescue them. So
1: No, no, know, silly decision. <laughs>
0: that argument wouldn't hold sway with you.
1: The, no, uh, because bomb. I'd be like, if bomb one doesn't work, bomb two won't work. So we'll just do the one bomb. You're a one bomb guy. One bomb man, yeah.
0: This means that Cassie has to turn the ship around and Trey has to recalculate everything and get everything on course. He does all of the calculations, all apart from realigning the shield, the sun shield, which is very bad because a ray of sunlight catches I think it catches the oxygen the or the, the garden and it goes up in flames. And Chris Evans has the idea to Blow the fire out by releasing all of the oxygen that they've stored up for the rest of the flight into it, so the fire burns itself out. It destroys the garden, but the rest of the ship is mostly intact. But it is—that's a hefty price.
1: You see what I mean? <laughs> now, if you continue with the mission, that's when happened. Or if you had somebody go, you see that huge shield thing that protects us when we turn, point it that way. <laughs> I mean, how do you forget that? Really?
0: <laughs> I mean, they got a lot of shit to do. They've probably just been mostly going in a straight line at this
1: point. But come on, Mr. Wong.
0: Yeah. Wong does feel very bad about this. I should think so. He's put on suicide watch. He takes it very hard. So he's devastated. The damage to the ship is on the outside. So they have to do a spacewalk in order to repair it. And Mace, feeling a bit salty that he wasn't listened to because he was all for let's just get the mission done. He volunteers Kappa to go out with the captain to fix the stuff so that's kind of a petty moment in, in his part but yeah. So they go out do the spacewalk in these sick gold suits And um, things go bad. I think they change course again and the astronauts are no longer protected by the the sun. For fuck's sake. The sun shield. The captain says, Kappa, get your ass back to the ship. I'll finish repairing the damage. Kappa manages to make it back inside the ship, but the captain, he finishes repairs and yeah, there's no way for him to go back into the ship in time. So he stares down the full power of the sun coming at him. It eviscerates him, but before he's melted the counsellor is on the comms going, hey, what do you see? What does it look like? <laughs> Tell yeah. me, describe it to me. Because he's obsessed with the sun. And, yeah. Right, yeah. The captain says nothing and he just, he, he, you know, he burns to death with
1: dignity. Does, does the suit burn or is it hit burning inside the suit?
0: i it, It's just melted. Everything's gone. Those oh, suits, no. they're designed for like, they're space suits, so they, they're designed to deal with a, a lot, but not the power of the sun. So, yeah.
1: Weak space suits.
0: With the spacesuits,
1: there's
0: nothing <laughs> on Earth that you could make that would allow you to walk into the sun,
1: well, or well, a the, volcano, the or anything like from. that. Yeah, but Whatever the shield's made from, make that from your suit. There you go, done. That wouldn't be flexible or anything, though. You'd Doesn't just be in a box. Fine. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to do repairs. I've got robot arms on it.
0: I think they'd melt.
1: No, they're made from the same stuff. It's fine.
0: I don't, I, I don't think they're pliable enough.
1: You leave my box alone. <laughs>
0: It's a box and you just, like, a rubber glove on the end. You just, ah! <laughs> no, yeah, I think they're two different materials. You wouldn't be able to make a suit out of it because it would be rigid and, and it would probably be unusable uh, to make a suit out of it. But, yeah, the captain's dead and um, they're running out of oxygen. It's not good. Okay, uh,
1: Well, abandon this suicidal <laughs> mission now and go back towards the sun and let's just get this done.
0: Well, that would be an option, but...
1: Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: Now they have to go to the first Icarus to get oxygen otherwise they're all gonna die. (laughs) Well, most of them are gonna die anyway, because um, Corazon said she's done some maths and she goes, hey, we do need to get some more oxygen, because if we don't, then we can't sustain the number of people that are alive. So if it comes to it, we can sustain four people to get to where we need to go to launch the payload, which brings up the question... Who can we kill if it comes to having to kill people who are the most expendable people? So
1: who's left at the moment?
0: Uh, everyone but the captain.
1: The botanist?
0: She's important. She There's no needed... garden no more. Yeah, but they're going to get plants and stuff from the first Icarus.
1: Uh, but if they do that, then they don't need to... Uh, well, she's still there the to light. like
0: maintain the oxygen levels and stuff. She's the only one that can right. do that. Okay. That's scary that your first thought is probably gone to the... One of the most important people on the ship. Well, in that case, the one then, that keeps you alive.
1: <laughs> well, I only thought there's no garden. She hasn't got anything to do now.
0: Okay. Well, counting down how little oxygen is left.
1: The navigation guy, because he messed up in the first place. He's
0: on suicide watch at the moment. He's in solitary confinement. The communications guy, uh, that you can't communicate with her.
1: But then he can communicate with the first Icarus, Carney.
0: The only thing that they're getting is a distress call. So they've probably sent a message out there, but it's not being returned.
1: Cillian Murphy. He's
0: the only one that can operate the payload.
1: Nah, he's just got a time what button to press. It'd just be a button, <laughs> won't it? Probably, Bombs yeah. always have that one button.
0: Actually, towards the end of the film, it is Chris Evans that tells Cillian Murphy what to do with the payload. Oh, there you go, then. So, yeah, that's kind of a weird a weird thing. But, yeah, they get to the Icarus One. They launch an expedition party onto the ship, which consists of Kappa, Mace, Harvey, and Searle. Um, I think one of them suggests that they split up and they do a haha. we'll get picked off by aliens and shit so let's not do that and then the other one go i think it's kappa goes yeah but if we if we don't split up then it's going to take a lot longer for us to find what we need and everyone's going to die of no oxygen
1: is this his first ship not the same layout as the second one then
0: it's a prototype one so it might be slightly different Right, but i'd I'd imagine it's mostly the same it's like the same design the sun shield and it's a mile long and stuff like that but yeah so you can't really get lost in it but uh yeah, you'd still want to probably split up to gather as much stuff as you could before you had to get back.
1: I'm never going to split up in any situations. Like,
0: <laughs> who would you tag along with then?
1: Well, it depends who would be with. I mean, if it was you, and me, and some of our other friends, and anybody but I'm you, I'm never going into space. <laughs> I, I didn't mean space. For some reason, I keep picturing in the woods, camping in the woods. Like we we're in space. Up focus on the current survival situation don't invent new ones space woods well
0: yes because there's a garden and stuff but it's not woods it's like so like bushes on a mile and stuff. long
1: spaceship if i had to split up with any of them mr evans <laughs> you're the big guy he has got military training i'm with you
0: although he does struggle in a in a fight with Cillian murphy he doesn't like destroying he a them
1: scarecrow so what do you think he's
0: also a physicist
1: yeah so without military training so he knows which way to lean exactly, to, and they push Chris Evans, so he trips.
0: Oh, so the centre of gravity is off. Are you, yes, there you go. Fighting military training with
1: science. Precisely. He's
0: my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they all split up, they have a look around. Um, none of them get picked off by aliens or anything weird,
1: which is shocking. That's because there are no aliens, are there?
0: there? No, there are no aliens. However!
1: There's that one <laughs> guy, isn't there?
0: Mark Strong, the captain of the first Icarus ship has left a very disturbing and uh, foreboding message where he's saying that everyone's just stardust. It's compounded by the fact that they find all of the crew, or, well, seven of the crew, apart from the captain, all burnt to ash in the observation room. They've been trapped in there and then the filter has been broken so they've been cooked in, in the room. So that's not good. And Mark Strong, the mad captain, has somehow gotten onto the second Icarus ship and detached the coupling between the two so icarus one and icarus two are now separate they have to do a daring escape to try and get back onto the first um, onto the second icarus ship
1: how daring is it they wear their suits and then they do like a star trek thing or they fire themselves across
0: pretty much yeah except there's only one space suit on the first icarus ship that they're on now and there's four people (laughs) Harvey wants the first, wants to get into the space suit because he's technically now the captain um, and he wants to get home to see his wife and kids. But he's also the most expendable member of the team. The communications are busted. His job is now void. Mace shouts him down and goes, hey, Kappa's the one that's the most important. He has to get in the suit. We can insulate ourselves from space and hopefully we can get across the void and into the airlock on the second Icarus ship before he freeze to death. Searle is needed to stay behind. He volunteers to stay behind to keep the door open. So they get shot out and they're steady and they're on target. They do that. They wrap themselves up. Searle helps wrapping them up in insulation, shoots them out of the airlock. Kappa is holding on to Mace and Harvey loses his grip though and floats off into space. His insulation comes off. He freezes he shatters against uh, one part of the <laughs> ship, and then when he gets out of the protection of the um the solar shield, he burns up. Kappa though manages to hold on to Mace, and um they get into the second Icarus ship. A okay, Crest, they're they're alive and well. So
1: did Mace just uh, go through space without a spacesuit on?
0: He was wearing insulation and stuff. Get a bit of tinfoil <laughs> wrapped
1: around him. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit, isn't it? It's a tiny bit bullshit, but isn't it, the vacuum his face going like pop your eyes or something?
0: Something like that, because there's no atmosphere, so I think you swell up or something like that. Yeah. But they're not in space for long enough for anything to dramatically uh, no, no, happen. No. I mean, Chris Evans has got frostbite and stuff, and he's not—he
1: looks a bit unwell for like five minutes, but he's a human torch, so he can just heat up again. Yeah, exactly. That's and, cool,
0: and he's Captain America.
1: Yeah, that as well. So
0: yeah, he's two superheroes combined. How do you survive as Harvey, though, Chris?
1: You get that bloody spacesuit. <laughs>
0: Do you fight Chris Evans you for it? You fight all of them
1: for it. Or you say, you know what, I'm just going to stay behind with this dude. Because you know if you stay behind in the ship, you can survive on it. Because Mark Strong has lived on it for seven years. Yeah, so there's so. still
0: plenty of oxygen on there. There's food. There was food for three years for eight or seven people on the ship. That w- That's what kept Mark Strong alive. But I don't know how much food would still be left on, on the ship. Yeah, I, I mean, know, you could a volunteer. A a day.
1: But yeah, something I like, like that. So I'd do that and be like, right, so when you kill Mark Strong and you've reignited the sun, you come back. Well, he doesn't know Mark Strong.
0: Us. Don't don't fourth wall this, Chris. Don't or, meta survive.
1: <laughs> do, well, they they don't know the captain's on the Icarus 2.
0: No, they think that it was... Um, trey wong that had uh decoupled the ship because he's so grief stricken or something like that but uh, they because right. they don't know that the captain's alive
1: oh well in that case i'd be like i'm gonna stay here then once you guys sort out wong and you know restrain him and you reignite the sun you're going to come back for us in the meantime me and this other dude we're going to chill on here and that's
0: not an option
1: what do you mean it's not an option it's not
0: an option the steering this giant ship is tricky and there's no way that they can come back that's why Searle stays behind he knows that it's the end of the road for him and that they can't come back for him.
1: I'd still stay behind. I'd rather take my chances on the ship with trying to get some part of it working again or anything working on it. Well, the computer's pretty badly damaged. It's been in space without maintenance for seven years. It's either that or you go into space wrapped in tinfoil, <laughs> right? Chris Evans got very lucky because he's a super soldier. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Any other person would die, as oh, is what happened. Yeah, true. Silly Murphy survived because I need him to survive. So I'm going to stay on the ship.
0: Do you want to know what happens to Sel on the ship?
1: Does he go crazy? Does well, the sun get him again?
0: Well, he's slightly crazy, but he goes to the viewing room where there are loads of dead bodies. Uh, but he's, he's gotten obsessed with the sun and he wants to see it at his full power. So when Icarus 2 moves out of the out of the way and goes off on its trajectory to the sun, the shield is no longer there protecting them in the observation room and the filters are all down. So he gets his chance to see the sun at full power, and it just blinds him and hes he's cooked in in the thing, but he seems happy about it. he He gets what he wants, but um I think he knew what he wants was gonna kill him. There's no way that you're getting off that ship once you're on there if you go if you decide that you want to try and stay on there, you've got as long as the oxygen holds out, as long as the food is there, no rescue party is coming because if they succeed, it's just too expensive and too much money to
1: send it. Up, like a rescue ship I would spend the rest of my time on the first Icarus trying to get something working if anything like a TV
0: <laughs> no I don't think a TV would work maybe you could try and get the AI to work but that would be very complicated
1: As a good I'm very good at complicated things then are you? in this universe yes in this
0: fictional universe where you've promoted yourself to captain yes and have clairvoyant abilities <laughs> yes <laughs> okay whatever (laughs) not arguing with you (laughs) okay so they go back to the um to the ship and they still only got enough oxygen to support four people uh so mace says hey we've got to kill trey we we think he tried to kill us by leaving us on the ship we've got to go and kill him because he's not useful and they put it to a vote cillian uh kappa goes yeah we've we've got to kill him it's part of the mission." Cassie decides that she's not going to vote. Uh, she's trying to spare herself from the guilt of having to vote to kill a man. But um,
1: Not voting at all. It's basically voting for him to die anyway. So
0: Mace is given the job to off um, Trey. When he gets there, though, he's already slit his wrist. He managed to steal a um, a scalpel from, uh, I think, the medical bay or something like that. And he, he cut his wrist in isolation. So, yeah, they don't have to do it. I think Wong was he was depressed and still distraught anyway and he was on suicide watch so yeah he was in a troubled state of mind so
1: i mean he only burned up half the ship and pretty much <laughs> killed everybody on board or start the chain events that would lead to everybody's eventual well, actually
0: death. it wasn't him it was Kappa who started the chain of events it was his decision to turn the ship to the first icarus oh, that's
1: true see now if i'd been <laughs> well, you Kappa, been... you
0: don't get a say <laughs> scarecrow <I'm> the... <laughs> shut up <laughs> I'm the dictator on this ship. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, your methods are harsh, but you'd have. I would
1: have got the job done. Yeah, you would have
0: gotten everyone back safely.
1: And then on the way back, we would have found Mark Strong and been. Then on
0: the way back, you would have gotten everyone (laughs) killed. killed. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah, what uh, with the death of um Trey, there should be enough oxygen to carry all four people there. But um, there's five. But there's five, yeah. Kappa goes to the AI and it says, Oh, you're still you're still one person over and um, Kappa goes, Who's who's the other person? Computer goes, Ah, oh, unknown. Uh, and then we cut to Corazon in the um in the garden it's all ash but in amongst all the all the ash of the garden she manages to find one plant that she can nurture back to health unfortunately she's stabbed in the back by crazy ass Mark Strong who is now a a sun crazed devil burn-up husk of a man Kappa goes to find Mark Strong he's in the observation room goes hey who are you are you pinebacker are you, are you the first captain and he goes yeah i'm gonna kill you now <laughs> and he tries to kill uh kappa he g- gets a good slashing on him and you know across the chest he's pretty badly hurt by this but he manages to shut himself in the airlock uh the captain though shuts him in breaks the lock so silly and can't get out and warn the others so that's not good pinebacker runs amok he disables the computer like he did on his icarus ship uh, which means that Chris Evans has to—he has to go. This is bad designing, <laughs> but he has to go into this um, cooling system for the computer, which is freezing cold water, and he has to submerge himself completely in it, do some computer stuff. His leg gets caught, so he can't pull himself out. Of course, he manages to get a radio signal to Capron, go, "Hey, you have to eject the payload and get onto it and and set it off manually." from the actual box do it kappa i'm freezing to death and he, he mace dies um sacrificing himself to complete the mission
1: But kappa's still trapped in an airlock
0: yes but he is a scientist and he does some science shit so he puts on the space so and blows out the airlock he welds he uses a welding torch to burn a hole in the door and because of the pressure differences, it blows out the door. And Cap is able to uh, crawl his way along the outside of the ship and get to the um, payload bit. Okay, yeah. Which has been ejected, I think, by maybe Cassie, who's running away from um, Pinbacker, who's trying to kill her, which is, is not good.
1: He's a mean what man. What is his problem?
0: He's just a weird sun man.
1: So did he? is this what um, the counsellor would have turned into had he not fried himself
0: Possibly, I don't think it would have been as homicidal. I just think he wanted more exposure to the sun.
1: They do not think this would happen, and both Icarus they sent up. They would get people turned crazy because of the sun.
0: That's probably why they sent a counsellor up.
1: Yeah, but this would have been <laughs> it two counsellors. Two counsellors. Yeah, a counsellor for the counsellor. Precisely.
0: But what if you need a counsellor for the other counsellor, just in case?
1: This is where Mace comes in.
0: He's the, the he's the backup. He's, is that why you gave tough him love a secret gun? Yeah, you're a terrible captain really in yeah. my version
1: everyone's still alive at the moment
0: until you then decide to kill them on the way back
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh cassie's running away from um, from pinbacker kappa manages to get onto the payload um but in his suit in the gravity uh the high gravity that the um the payload has. He can't really move in the suit, so he has to try and get out of it, like like crawling along the floor because it's like 300 pounds and he can't move in it. But he eventually manages to get out of it. He has a tussle with uh, the old captain, and Cassie also helps in the scuffle. He manages to get to the firing, the detonating room, and sets off the bomb. Uh, and then there's a moment where the sun. It's, it's a weird kind of surreal moment. I think it's like... It's explained away like gravity is distorting time and stuff. But it's the sun, he's in the middle, and then the nuclear explosion <laughs> just behind him. And he's somewhere in the middle for a brief second before he's killed and obviously Cassie and Pinbacker are also killed in the explosion uh but it it does enough it relights the sun and we get a cut away to um Kappa's uh sister who's who's in a snowy climate and um yeah the sun rises and it's slightly brighter than it was before and everyone knows that the sun is saved
1: they did their job
0: yes Chris overall thoughts on their plan of restarting the sun and any any thoughts?
1: Well, I, I'm not good at physics, so I don't know how realistic that is. But I think they said they had Brian Cox, didn't they, advising on the film? The physicist, not the actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> advising on it. So I'm guessing it was it was somewhat accurate. Uh, yeah. How it would go about. So, But I think it would have been, yeah, good plan. Until you went off to Icarus fucking 1.
0: Would it have been a slightly better plan to send an unmanned satellite?
1: That would be too risky, though. It was such a huge bomb on there and it would be so critical if anything goes wrong on it and it drifts off someone you're gonna be like "Ah, crap now we have gotta send another one up which you know they had to do anyway but you're trying to avoid that so yeah no i think a manned one would have been more sensible yeah
0: i mean technology at this point it'd it'd be more advanced than us i mean they've got a holodeck and stuff and at the moment we can land unmanned satellites on moving asteroids and things like that
1: yeah but with varying degrees of success
0: yeah and the, and there is also the size difference. I mean, these things are like the size of fridges and stuff, whereas this is is a bomb the size of Manhattan. They say so. There is the size variable. So you probably are right. It would be far more dangerous for a computer. Also, you you got to think the time and resources. You can only make so many of these giant satellites. Yeah, yeah. Before you run out of before the Earth freezes, or you just run out of money, or materials to make this sort of stuff
1: so and there's also a thing if you're sending up there the computer ai and half of the journey it's sort of been reading through human history and it goes humans deserve <laughs> to perish i will save i'll reignite the sun to save this galaxy but then i'm going to destroy the <laughs> earth
0: okay maybe don't give it a, a book to read <laughs>
1: it has access to everything yeah
0: oh it's got the internet i think you told me about an experiment where they made a homicidal ai
1: yeah they they got two separate ais and they showed one ai loads of pictures of um i oh know so they gave it loads of words like happy words and they gave this other ai they just showed it loads of or bad pictures and bad pictures, it, bad and, pictures and bad words so whenever they asked it questions or they'd done stuff with it that the ai they'd shown all this horrible stuff to was given back really dark and uh Like aggressive answers and everything.
0: Yeah. Maybe don't send that AI into the Not that (laughs) AI.
1: No, definitely not that one. Send the happy one. I think that's a start of Skynet. Imagine that being like a T800.
0: Let's make all AIs happy.
1: There you go. Good.
0: And abiding by Asimov's laws of robotics. Although there are loopholes in that which (laughs) do not end well for humanity.
1: Are those ones where you've got to protect humans and.
0: Don't kill them and. Yeah. You
1: don't kill them and like. Oh, yeah, stuff like that. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those never work, do they? They always go wrong. No. I mean, I'm thinking of iRobot personally, but... So am I. Yeah. I'm
0: thinking more of the book, because that's more of a a think piece into the three laws. Right. The book's okay. I don't read. I know. (laughs) Look, Chris, uh, final thoughts on Sunshine. Was it a ray of sunshine, or was it a really depressing film?
1: Depressing, (laughs) Everyone you
0: love dies.
1: Good. I I mean, I remember liking what I saw of it, and from... how what we talk about today it sounded um relatively interesting and quite yeah. good yeah
0: no it it is a good piece. it is the only sci-fi film that Danny Boyle has done. It's the only one he wants to do because he said it was such a a tough, rigorous shoot that he wouldn't want to do anything like that again, but yeah, it's really good, it's really well shot, the score's really good, it's acted really well i mean it's a high top class uh group of actors doing it but um y- yeah it's it's enjoyable underrated um I don't think we've really done it. Justice, but definitely give it a watch. That's cool. everything, Chris. Uh, should we end mm-hmm. the show?
1: End it, indeed.
0: Okay. on oh, me!
1: Oh, I don't know if you're <laughs> adding something. The way you said "okay," you made it sound like you were about to. Oh, go. contact information. Contact? Yeah.
0: How do people do that?
1: Ah, well, they can contact.
0: <laughs> well done.
1: <laughs> ah, well, they can contact us on Twitter at We Could Survive. Find us on YouTube. Or we Could Survive. That. And, of course, you can find our podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Podomatic, Stitcher, Google Uh, Play, apparently.
0: Yeah, I I think we're on that. I don't
1: know how. I didn't do it. Google did it, I think. (laughs) Fair enough. um,
0: Yeah, that's no bad thing. Uh, You can email us as well if you uh, have any thoughts on the podcast or any survival suggestions for um, Sunshine or any of the other films that we've done. Next week, Chris, I've been teasing you this for a while, but we're definitely going to do it next week. uh, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, finally. Uh, A zombie film that you are quite fond of.
1: It is so good.
0: Cool. So we'll do that. Um, If you've got any survival suggestions for that or any thoughts on that film, if you've seen it before... Uh, let us know uh, uh, the, the contact stuff. So, yeah, any 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 thoughts are welcome. Um, yeah, that's it, Chris. Wrap us up.
1: Wrap us up in nicely in some safe... tin foil. Yes. That apparently will save you from dying in space. Approved by Brian Cox. In- inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for everyone to listen to We Can Survive That, your weekly survival guide to reigniting the sun. We're going to see you all next week's for surviving the living dead. But until then, yeah, keep on surviving. <laughs> trying to think of something witty to go with it, but I couldn't.
0: Nah, you, 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 you're done. I flunked it, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It happens to the best of us. And, and the worst of us.
1: And the worst. <laughs> well, goodbye.